Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Practical Guitarist Podcast is brought to you by Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices a practical guitarist will love. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app. Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Practical Guitarist, or on Twitter as at Practical Guitarist. Support the show. Merchandise is available in our Threadless store at practicalguitaristpodcast.threadless.com. And donate to us via Patreon, available at patreon.com slash practicalguitarist. Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Jim flipped me off this time. Uh, he did not count off this time. Um, so we are sitting here this evening with a very special co-host guest. Yes. Right, Jim? Yes. With Robert Jackson. Co-host, um, Robert's guitar. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a guest host at this point. You've been on the yeah. show more than once now. Uh, this is what, your third time? Um, and the last time, you third, didn't even yep. know you were going to be on the show. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, last time, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting in front of my computer. I'm eating video. Or, or, um, <laughs> editing video. I got a bowl of food in yeah, my lap. I don't know. What <laughs> he, I thought you were eating cereal. I'm like, all right. Well. Yeah. We had uh, we had an, we had an employee in my office dial into a staff meeting, which which had a board member on the call with us, and um, they're sitting there eating cereal during a staff meeting, and I'm like, why do you have your video on? Like I'm just thinking to myself, like, oh my god, this is a disaster. This at least it was an absolute disaster. Yeah, but isn't it funny watching people commit career suicide like that every no, now and still again? There. No, we don't have career suicide. They don't. Nobody ever leaves. Oh, we had a we had a yeah, person. people leave and they come back. We had a person get up and go to the bathroom. Oh, and it was it was literally right out of uh, you ever seen the naked gun? Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and everybody on a call was like, mute your phone, mute your phone. <laughs> all right, all right. So so candidly, we've had yes. four of the employees that I work with right now have worked for, for the company in the last 10 years. They've left and come back. That's that yeah. You, you never burn bridges with, with my company, and, and you can't leave. <laughs> oh, you, you might you might stay away for a while but <laughs> <laughs> anyway but you're not leaving yeah we don't we no that doesn't happen um anyway so jim you've got some topics lined up i have one thing that i wanted to talk about for the show but i think we're going to hold off on it um there's some impending news from shengzhei uh, bad cat guitars in china and uh, you might remember I purchased the red unicorn from those guys and uh, <laughs> things are afoot and we will, we will have a long discussion about that probably next week. 
Yeah, they're they're definitely uh, <laughs> it's it's, it's quite surprising. Um, but anyway, telling you. So, um, yep. For so the first thing I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about how companies are trying to make money using you, and <laughs> they're paying you to advertise for them. So here's the thing. <laughs> so you see that person that's on the corner getting I don't know how much an hour. They actually pay pretty well per hour, which is why people will stand there in pouring rain and heat and stuff to do this. For those people to stand around, flip those signs and stuff. But when you're walking around with a t-shirt on, it says Fender or Gibson or whatever, you're you're they're advertising, right? Well, it's getting worse. As I showed you guys before the show started, there is a there is a new loot box that's guitarshoptees.com. And so you get a limited edition t-shirt from every month. Um that's <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious here featuring um an iconic guitar shop how many iconic guitar shops are in the united states five there's i know the one in rochester five. i know the one in uh, manny's, but i don't know if manny's i mean there's they're out there but do you think those people are participating in this right I guitar center is going to throw their shirts in the box no, yeah, I, no. I am going to be very surprised if one of <laughs> if if somebody gets a box the box shows up that's with a T-shirt that says Chicago Music Exchange or Groons exactly. or uh, you know Moore's you know Moore's guitars you know one of those yeah right 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 what's the one in uh, Rochester um, not uh, uh, it's it's one of the largest guitar shops that exists um, but uh, it's this, no they, would you do this who would no. do this no. and you know what people do do it. And that's what's scary. But I don't think that this particular item, this particular box is going to take off. But people do do stuff like that. I mean, honestly, think of the amount of people who buy um, like the lowest end Fender guitar you can get. Or the, the perfect example is that G- that Gibson, um, the one they did on Amazon. It was like 350 oh, bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forget what that was. I forget what it was called, but now that now they brought that. Maestro. As an yeah, it's an Epiphone model now. No. Yeah. So Gibson did a run of guitars specifically for Amazon, and they were like Les Paul shape, but they had a pick guard, single coil pickups. It was a whole thing. Um, and really? they were bo- and they were bolt on. Gibson made bolt ons. I mean, they, they, they had a were Marauders, you know. And it said Gibson on the headstock. Yep. Yep. Oh, really. And wow. Um, they were. This was like two or three years ago. Um. Gibson SL or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was the XL or the SL. I want to say it's SL. I think it was. And I think it had an ML as well. Yeah. But anyway, it's the house of guitars in Rochester. The whole reason those guitars existed was, well, there's two reasons. Number one, Amazon wanted to sell a Gibson guitar, right? And then the other one was, it says Gibson on the headstock. So, you know, we know people are going to buy it. But at the same time, like the people who buy it are going to show it to their friends and that's advertising. That's right. Now, do you think Gibson needs advertising like that? I wouldn't. I would think that was probably negative advertising, except I for was, the part where. Yeah, go ahead. Brother. I was going to say. I would say that's probably aver- You know, advertising for hundred dollar guitars is probably exactly what Gibson does not want. Right. At least at that time. So yeah. you know, who, you know, this new leadership that they just, you know, uh, that they just implemented. You know, who knows what changes are going to come? But you know, their previous leadership. I am going to say. Uh, no, they don't want to sell hundred dollar guitars. They want to sell speaking, three and four and five thousand dollar guitars. Speaking of the guitars, 
TSO, my family went to see TSO um, in Albany, New York the other night. Trans-Siberian Ooh. Orchestra for the Uninitiated. Yes, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Thank you. And uh, those who don't know, Trans-Siberian Orchestra was birthed from a band called Sabotage, which was kind of a brash, heavy metal band. Anyway, um, one of the guys was playing that new Flying V that Gibson put out last year. It looks oh, like that, a, that a modern, the modern V. You know the Rhodes V or the, uh, the Roswell V. Yeah. <laughs> The Gibson Roswell V. The Captain Picard signature model. Yeah. Yeah. Get the Gibson Roswell V. Hey, it ain't the it ain't the From worst the, thing Gibson's the, done. Is anybody seen the Jackson Roswell V? Yeah, I mean it's I, that thing's ugly, but it's not as bad as the polymodern. Polymodern. No. no, that thing was awful. Uh, but but that, you know I I've made fun of that guitar so much, but I think in a certain sense, like it, there's kind of an ironic thing you can do if you play that you know what i mean it, it, it fits a 50s aesthetic if you're a 50s style band or something like that i could definitely see that being like a 50s futuristic kind of thing you're talking about the uh the blank v one yeah that modern v the polymodern yeah, poly- forget it no, that's just I don't know, I, I, well you're gonna use it to shave i guess <laughs> yeah that's the only thing i could think of it reminds me of one of them uh celtic swords you know with the <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> Hey, wait, the katana's already been used for a name. Yeah, I'd rather use a katana, frankly. Yeah, so... <laughs> so anyway, yeah, uh, you know, pipe up, guys. I mean, um, in the channel, uh, would you spend the money to get a loot crate of guitar shop tees? I don't know what the pricing is because it didn't go to uh, guitarshoptees.com, but I'm sure I can while we're, I can while do we're doing right this now. stuff. But I just, uh, the perfect gift and the thing is that, folks, here's your overhead for this gift before it even left the, the place. They got a full-page ad in Guitar World. Full page. 25 bucks per month. $25 a month. As seen in Guitar World, Guitar Aficionado, Guitar Player, Vintage Guitar, Acoustic Guitar, and Premier Guitar. Wow. I got to get, get a couple of those. just to. Uh, at, I'll have to go to like Barnes & Noble to see if they got full-page ads in those. Because if that's the case... They're spending a lot of money for very little. Return. Featured music shop of the month is Mass Street Music in Massachusetts. You know that place that no. I've never been. It's not in Massachusetts. Bullshit! Let me fucking listen to this shit. Mass Street Music, Massachusetts Street, Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I cannot make this shit up. I have neither the time nor the effort. <laughs> you you got to wonder whose money was behind this one. Um, you know, this this reeks of being like all these these like really small guitar shops kind of getting together like as friends, like maybe at a, at a um a guitar show or something where they're exhibiting and being like, you know what, we should we should find a way to like sell T-shirts for all our stores, like is a is a link share, you know, like yeah. they do online, and, and you know to to their credit. But the thing is, if you don't know what that shop is, do you want to wear their shirt? Right. I mean, the guy, the, I'm, I'm not saying this is the case, but I mean, the guy could be a skinhead and you're wearing your shirt around. You know? Yeah. Might not be. A, yeah. Might not be a good idea. So that goes right to advertising. And uh, that's the reason I, I invited Robert today. I actually invited him like, I don't know what time it was. Was that noon today? Uh. Uh, I think conversations started around, you know, an hour before that or so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but 
Yeah, it was it was late this morning. So late I wanted morning, to anyway. I wanted to get Robert on here because um, Robert has some um, insight into some things. So Robert's got a channel with what about ten thousand subscribers, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little over ten thousand. Yep. And so. uh, the thing that uh, the reason that I invited Robert on was because we were talking about this, and I just I'd heard this from a few different YouTube community people. Um, whether they were talking about it on their channel, whether it was through the side, like some things that David had said, some stuff that um, uh, right out uh, Phil McKnight was saying. So Phil McKnight, who's got a channel of, a, of over 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, he's got a big guitar channel. If you don't yep. know who he is. His grew, his grew fast. I remember when he was at about 40. Wasn't that all, yep. all that long ago? Yep. Yeah. No, he, and it, it's because there's, there's three things that you can say about Robert, or I mean, Phil McKnight. Um, that you can say about Robert as well, but um, the reason that he grew so fast, I think, was because number one, he got in relatively early. Number two, he um, he's very um, personable. He's very genuine. You can tell um, uh, in everything he does, and he doesn't just sit in one like topic. He's no, he seems like a normal guy too, and that's the other thing. Some of these guys don't seem like normal dudes. No. They come off, they come across as disingenuous. Well, like when I see Jared Dines, like I, I, I don't identify with him because he's so frat boy kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that that yeah. I think for me with him, it's the same reason that a lot of people don't like, um, even if they like their music and don't like them. Uh, I've heard that the reason that a lot of people don't like Nickelback is the same thing. They come across very frat boy and very. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see that. I, I honestly, to, to Nickelback's credit, I don't identify him that way at all. I don't know how I identify him, but I don't identify him as frat boy. Yeah. So, Robert, we, we were talking, and, and uh, so your channel, which has gotten some, uh, you know, some traction, is still having trouble um, getting people to send uh, pedals. And it was one of them. I don't want to name the pedal company. We have both, your, co- your, your channel and our channel, have been trying to get the same person to send a pedal to mm. demo. And I've seen demos of that particular right. pedal. Again, I don't want to call it out. I don't, don't even want to give a hint. Yeah, uh, but um, right. I've seen some demos of it that are just plain awful, and that he paid for, and they're terrible. And mm. so I want to get to when when you get a pedal and you talk about demoing it and and what you do. What is it that you look for? Number one in the pedal, and number two, what's the what is your process for demos to be able to get them out there to the public? Uh, you know, it, it's well, number one. It, Pedal demos for me, as many of them as I do, uh, they're, they haven't really been the big, you know, the videos that have, that have attracted the most mm-hmm. traction to my channel. Right. You know, that's, that's been the, you know, the top 10 lists and, the you know, right, the right. videos about tone woods and, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, it's anything with Gibson in the title, you know, p- things that, the, you know, the, the, which you know, all, those are all, all three of those kind of are things that they, you know that I think people kind of have an emotional attachment to. Sure, sure. Um, with you know, so with with pedal demos, a lot of them, you know, and you guys know that I've I've demoed a lot of like those uh, those uh, budget line TC electronic pedals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I do that because you know, one, I like those pedals. You know, two, I'm funding the everything out of the, all that stuff out of my own pocket. Yeah, they're uh, right. You know, and you know they're and they're a relatively current product, and uh, uh, you know number three, I actually happen to like most of them, and I enjoy it. Um, but you know, I mean, it's, some of them are, you know, some pedals that I do like, 
you know, distortion, overdrive, course pedals, things like that, that I use a lot. You know, those are things that are a little bit more my wheelhouse, you know, other, I've got a pedal, pedal uh, a demo on an Octaver pedal going up next week. That is not something that I would really gravitate towards, but, um, you know, try to come up with some ideas about how a guy like me would use that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that one I actually went and used in a full, uh, a full track that, uh, I'll be I'll be curious to hear you know hear what you guys think of that, but oh for sure. Um, you know, and then put it on the floor and you know turn it on and twist the knobs and you know see what kind of uh, you know basically just you know hear what it sounds like and see if it's something that you know see what kind of sounds I would get out of it. You know, and I try is I try to leave my personal opinion about that stuff out of it to some degree because you know like uh, that the fluorescence the shimmery verb that I did just yeah. a, you know a week or two ago you know not really my thing but that and that you know there's a lot of, lot of players out there you know that are total opposite end of the spectrum from what i do you know that might you know hear something in there and say yeah that's that's actually pretty cool i, I could use that yep so sure, sure. you know um, <clears throat> um now in what it what it, and i haven't done as much of this lately, but I used to, you know, always put the link on, uh, the link to the video on, uh, both my YouTube or both my uh, Facebook pages and then share it in various different groups. And, uh, you know, the problem is, you know, Facebook and YouTube, uh, you, you know, you know, Facebook, no likey. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, they want me, you know, they want you to actually upload the video there too. And yeah, no, you know, uh, you know, I don't, I've done it a couple of times, but, yeah, yeah, but you know, there's there's no benefit in it for me other than you know promotion because they're not <laughs> YouTube's still not going to go out of their way to promote my YouTube channel. But yeah, that's know, one of the things. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about. So, David, you see this um, sure <coughs> is that now when YouTube is suggesting videos, they're they're actually suggesting stuff got nothing to do with your thing. It yep. might be you you want to check out this Nicki Minaj video. What the hell are you doing? I'm mm. not. I've never watched anything pop wise. They've been they have been wrecking havoc with the search algorithms over there too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, things that you used to be able to search for and like pull up usable content now pulls up a bunch of soccer video. Yeah. You're going, what? You know, uh, okay, let me try it this way. Um, and I've found that um, that's impacted even some of our videos and the way that we get mm-hmm. we get organic traffic. Like you would think I put up, I, I have my series of videos that we're, that we're working on and, and continue to go through is these fuzz facts videos. That's why I've got all these fuzz pedals sitting, sitting next to me. Here. Um, and I'm about to do three more. And I know that even though I do those three more, they're not necessarily going to show up in the sidebar. They don't even show up in the sidebar for other fuzz videos. Like I, I just talking to people I know and stuff and ask them like, hey, you know, how'd you find the video, et cetera. Um, I don't know anymore. Like, honestly, it's, it's kind of the wild west. And I think that's an attempt by YouTube to actually control who they have to pay out to, uh, how much they have to pay out to who. And it seems kind of, I think I've done some research and uh, there's a, there's a, there's a guy out there in YouTube land by the name of Daryl Eves. I don't know if you guys know who he is or not. I've I've not heard of him, but, Uh, but he, you, you ought to check him out because he is, his channel is dedicated specifically to YouTube creators 
you know, and uh, trying to be successful and make more money. And he is, he's been on YouTube since like 2005 or something like that, you know, six, you know, long time. The very beginning. Yeah. You know, but more importantly, he, I think he has 21 YouTube certifications. Uh, So, you know, he, he, he gets how it works and YouTube actually, actually communicates with him directly, you know, Mm -hmm. so he's, he's got the inside track. So I try to follow his channel and, uh, you know, and learn some bad stuff. But what he was saying was that YouTube has changed their algorithm regarding suggested views. So the videos that show up in the sidebar or, you know, the first four videos underneath the video on a mobile device, uh, the first four videos in either of those places always used to belong to the creator of the video that you're watching currently. Right. 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 Now YouTube has taken that away in favor of longer videos, you know, based on, based on the viewers watching, you know, viewers viewing habits. Oh, that's and, really funny. Cause that's going to wreck havoc with us in the guitar community. Cause <coughs> nobody wants to sit me, sit and watch me play with a Wampler fuzz for like two hours. Mm-hmm. Like, right. You know what? And so that means automatically that pedal show is going to take one of those spots. Automatic. Yeah. It, that, that pedal show Anderton's and, you know, uh, you know, vid, you know, you're right. Videos like that, you know, like even I, when I get to talking about nothing for five or 10 minutes in a video, I mean, even I can only yeah. go so long, <laughs> um, I, but I don't want to, I want to do a service to our audience. Like right. I want them to be able to get in, get the information they need and get out. Yeah. Well, I, I do. Well, I'll tell you while they're doing it, you know, the longer that they can increase, you know, and it's not the necessarily video revenue. length. Yeah. It's not the video length itself. It's a chain. How many commercials of, can they stick in the middle of it? Exactly. And, uh, you know, and the chain of videos that they can keep somebody watching end on end. Uh, and as David just mentioned with ads in between, that's what they're gunning for. And yeah. if they feel that none of my videos, uh, fits the viewer, or, you know, fits the viewer for their next viewing pleasure, well, I think you know, then gonna, they're going to stick. What's going to end up happening ultimately is I think people are going to be really jumping more on that Patreon bandwagon. If you like our content, continue to support us through Patreon and getting away from monetization. Because I, I know I've talked to at least a few YouTube creators who have been like, look, I'm, I, I can't make any money on it anyway. We, we spoke with a guy that had 10,000, uh, actually 17,000 subscribers at one point for his channel got, got canned. And he was like, I was making 300 bucks. A day. He's like, it was, mm-hmm. it was a pittance basically. And I can't mm-hmm. see even as a hobby. Like I can't, I mean, Jim, Jim said it. You can make more money playing gigs. I mean, when yeah. you're I can play three. I can play three gigs a month and make that kind of money, and, yeah. and I and that's not even work for me in, in a solo gig. So and, and I can make that much right. in, in a band playing three gigs a month, and that's not even a hardworking band. That's no, a, that's a typical weekend bar band. No, we all know that the vast majority of people creating content for YouTube are not planning on making it. Like that's kind of the stick <laughs> there. And, and right. actually, over the last couple of days. Um, for whatever reason, I end up always like looking for the really obscure stuff. And I find all these people that have like 113 views and like their, <laughs> their channel has like four videos, you know, I find the guys that basically like abandon their channel, like a month in all the time. And, um, that's the kind of YouTube's <laughs> got a ghost town underneath the surface. Right. <laughs> you know? and, and if you look around hard enough, you'll find it. Um, and those guys, like, they're never going to be monetized. They're not going to, they're not making any money. And they're, and they're hobbyists. And like, I get it. It's the same thing as guitar players. Not everybody here is in the business of trying to like make something 
Now, somebody right. like you, Robert, you got right. enough viewers that you can start to leverage that. You can help pay for for some of the things you're doing on your channel, even if your channel is still a hobby. Like you, it, you, you have no overhead now because you're putting the money back in the show. Um, mm. And but I just see like guys like um, Ben Fricker, right? Patreon, like he's that's been, he's way. been uh, he's been open about it. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, and, yeah. I, and I sat with him at Gear Fest and he was talking to me about it. So that's that's I mean that's the whole thing. He talked about how um, he's always very clear about whether it's a sponsored demo, whether it's not a sponsored demo, because that's part of like his channel's shtick. And he um, makes a lot of you know money off of the Patreon right. account more so than the actual show itself. So that's that's a big part of it. But um, it- that patronage system is the way I see it right now is the future. But honestly, so I, I've seen a bit of a, so the, the um, Robert, if you don't mind me asking about what do you make a month on your channel about, you don't have to be. The, the best month that I have ever had was I think a, I think it was the month that uh, the month after I uploaded the um, top, what was the top eight worst guitars for mm-hmm. production guitars? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the one that really took off for me that the month after that. Cause I think, you know, is that when the algorithm kicked in for that one for at least a month and I kind of, and it overlapped from one month. Anyway, uh, but I made my best month was almost $800. Uh, now, good. no, now, um, you know, it's been declining ever since right now between about two and three. Yep. Yeah. So it just varies depending on, What's going on for them? And yeah, and so what, the reason I ask you this is because there's a lot of people who they look to they look to this stuff as a as a way to make money, and it's really I think becoming more of an advertising way for the person to do other things because when you look at it, so um, you know if you look at it for trying to even pay your light bill that that probably pays your gas and lights right <laughs> so. I mean, um, when you think about it, mm-hmm. what's gas in the car, however you want to look at it. So <clears throat> when right. I look at it that way, I'm not sure. So it, here's Patreon, right? Here's Patreon. It's over on the side. And Patreon um, is really for your dedicated people. But here's where, here's where the problem I've seen with a lot of company or a lot of channels that have gone to Patreon is it's almost like, all right, I've had to go to Patreon. So Glenn Fricker, for example. He's got to use the F word more often. He's got to be even more in your face. And it yeah. just seems like, okay, you liked me before, but you're going to love me now. You should give me more money. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not picking on Glenn right. Fricker. I think, you know, again, I, I was, you know, I was watching his channel long before all this crap showed up. Yeah, um, I mean, but, I, I definitely get that. Um, but I mean, if, if you're to the point where, you know, you're doing this full time and you need, and you need income, like, don't right. really have much of a choice than the hammer. Right. Right. I, and, and that's exactly, mm-hmm. we started talking about this, David, um, uh, a couple weeks ago, right? When mm-hmm. we were talking about, it's been so long because we've had the guests on, um, <clears throat> that we were talking about, um, what do you do for your art? This is an art. Mm-hmm. What we're doing right now is part of our art. Sure. Right. Sure. We're sharing information. And um, you look at, um, you know, monetization has moved. We we freely use the F word on our channel, so I'm sure we're not monetized. Uh, and, 
it doesn't fucking matter. I mean, it just doesn't fucking matter. It's not going to happen. Mm. We don't I care. Don't want to be monetized, frankly. Oh. I mean, it, we, 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 we do the content to support the podcast. And in the podcast, we don't have any fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so we pay for the podcast out of our own pocket, just like I pay for the gas to get to a gig out of my own pocket. Fortunately, it's cheap. I mean, yeah. And so, yeah, you're paying for he, um, David. David covers the uh, the new app. Yeah, Zoom, we're Zoom and all that, right? And I cover the the price of getting the podcast up and all the other stuff. So, and we we work together. Mm-hmm. the The point to, that I'm making is um, that that there is uh, there is a certain amount of David has been doing these buzz facts things. Yeah, I haven't done one in, since like September, but yeah. No, and he and he, and he needs to do more. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to kick him in the ass if he doesn't. But the thing is, because I'm going to see him in the spring, so I'm going to kick his ass. We're going to have to get all get together. We're getting, we're getting ready. I got I got back. multiple fuzzes in my hand right now. And he's got and uh, Jason, one of our Patreon um, uh, subscribers, has gifted me uh, for for not gifted three, me. He has well, lent me well, lent me uh, three fuzz faces. So right, and so he's he's going through them. And the thing that that David does, I think, it is different. Is he doesn't he's not doing this for the company don't care no i don't give a fuck like that's that's the whole thing we we've talked about that from the start um we do have our endorsement with with nick bongers it's not really an endorsement per se it's a link share we're not taking any money from him and we don't want to take money from people because we need to be able to say hey this black arts ritual then this is not true but this black art ritual is fucking garbage right right it's not (laughs) is that we can say that we can say Oh, you know what? This t-shirt club for guitarists is fucking stupid. We can do that because we don't care what the t-shirt club for guitarists says. Yeah, about. we have no tie to them when that's you know. and that's been very well, I'll make it very explicit here. Um, you know, that that's that that's the way we operate. Yes, we will do sponsorships. They probably won't be with guitar companies. Right. Like that's that's the whole thing. If we're gonna do sponsorships, we're gonna be looking for things that um musicians can use that aren't musical equipment. Right. So we right. talked about coffee being one of them, you know, like your pictures grip thing. That's not a, that's a sponsorship mm-hmm. where it's a completely different yeah, I mean, we outside could, of that. We could do something like that. Um, right. But even, you know, earplugs and things like that. You know, um, I use the etymotic plugs and, and that would be a company that I would reach out to and be like, all right, you know, you guys want to do uh, have us do a quick spot or something. Um, they're actually here in Chicago. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like I, I totally understand. And and there are other podcasts and YouTube channels. We've mentioned sixty cycle hum last time you were on the show. Um, mm-hmm. they're they're doing a paid demo model, you know, mm-hmm. and that's and that's providing way more revenue for them than what they're getting off of YouTube, to my understanding. Um, right. and that's cool. Like I get it. Uh, it, it but they're but they also make it very clear that these aren't reviews; they're demos. Mm-hmm. So you're right. not going to expect a lot of like opinion about something it's more this is how it what it does and this is what i think it does well you know um yep. when i structure our view our our videos the way i do them is like we because you were talking about how you do them i try to look for like three settings that are really really good on the pedal <coughs> and look for the intended purpose of the pedal and try to find one purpose that's like not what you would normally use it for because yep. that gives you a good context of what it can do um mm-hmm. And then like, I've got the, um, the Wampler Pinnacle Deluxe V2, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's a long ass title. Um, I've been meaning to do a video of it for like ever in a day, but the thing's got so many functions. It's like, how do I decide <laughs> what the hell this show? I mean, mm. 
some pedals like that are tough because I when I first started doing pedal demos, I was the same way. I mean, I would try every single one out of it into the video, and you know, finally I it, it I get to the point, you know, you know, a simple distortion three knob distortion pedal was a twenty some minute video, and you know, yeah. like, this is I could easily this is going a little overboard. So now, yeah, so now I just yeah, so now I've I've started backing off to. You know, let's, you know, find a few, you know, a few, you know, two or three different settings to focus in on. And, uh, you know, you know, if, if you got, you have got, if you're able to tweak a few knobs in between, great, but originally, you know, for I'm, the most, the most part, yeah, you know, for the most part, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, I was interrupting you. Um, originally what we were wanting to do is like, I, cause I'm a fuzz face guy. So mm-hmm. I had a couple of them and then I got a couple more. And now I have three more sitting here next to me and I wanted to get them all on the floor in these videos and do like, okay, here's an AB test. This one does this, this, that, you know, just kind of go through the line. What I'm finding out is like, first off, those videos are really hard to make. They're not easy. Cause if you change settings, you got to kind of like do the same things on every pedal. Um, right. But the, but the hardest part is just the logistics of putting it all together and like, okay, so this one really doesn't compare with this one, but this is one that's in the similar price point. And then, getting people to watch them like, okay, they watch like 10 seconds of it. And they're like, Oh, I like this one. I'm done. You know? And then they move on. And that's, you know, right. it's a struggle. So. I, I wonder sometimes. So, um, I think that what's happened is we talked about this earlier too, is that there is a decline in the pedal sales, uh, thing of, of the overall, um, uh, I'm not sure where that price range is, but before we got started, um, we were talking about this. So <clears throat> a lot of panel companies, you know, you, you go into, you go into any job or any, any um, production thing and you say, you know what, I'm starting a business. I want to make some money. Right. So right. You, you create a pedal. You think this is the greatest X type of pedal there is. And you put it out there, you get it in the hands of some YouTubers. You try to get, try to get somebody to endorse, you know, you can endorse. It's tough. It's tough market. There's a lot of people out there. There's Keeleys, the Wamplers, the um, uh, the others that have already got their feet very well planted in um, a lot of the high end uh, people. Obviously, as <coughs> a lot of folks. So what we were talking about earlier was these companies. Somebody was mm-hmm. saying that oh, this company, um, yeah, I'm fine uh, giving you one of my pedals or having you demo one of my pedals, but I want to I want a guarantee of X number sales, and you're like. I guarantee your X number of sales. I can guarantee you that I'll do the best I can. At well, it wasn't, it wasn't just that they were gar- like, we want to see that uh, we have this kind of bump, but it was right. an extremely high bump. Right. That's, that's what that the number that was tossed around was like over a thousand or something yeah. for, for right. one video. And it was like, right. you crazy? That, and that's what I was getting at. We were talking about how these, these manufacturers have this expectation that they're going to get this huge bump in, in sales. And the problem you've got mm is um and then we talked about the metal zone everybody's favorite pedal right the thing is like like david said the metal zone or the ds1 or the od1 one of those probably your first pedal Mm -hmm. and we all Mm -hmm. we all love our first and then first yep yeah so I, i still have mine in a in a box in here yeah, it probably still has the plastic on it that you can pull off. <laughs> if there was plastic on it, 
<laughs> Maybe they all die. Maybe they blast out everything. And so, uh, I, I will be honest with you. Um, when I think about that, I think the reason that Boss and Digitech, by the way, are, are some of those ones that that people gravitate towards is because that was their first thing. That was the one that you had. Why? Why? Why was it your first? Typically, because it David? was cheap and it was readily available. Well, with mine, you know, mine, of course, the first, the first distortion pedal. Well, the first distortion pedal that I ever had. What? Here, hang on a second. Got it. He's actually got it. He's going to get it's, it. It's on the store rack behind him. He's, he's, <laughs> this guy. Was this guy? You ever seen one of these? Is it the Aria Distortion this Plus or whatever? This is a Yamaha. This oh. is a Yamaha multiband MBD20M multiband distortion. Wow. <laughs> these things all sell for like 60 or 80 bucks on, on uh, used on eBay. Are they any and good? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, someone say that about the Boss HM2 as well. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> well, the uh, this is the the, the thing. It, no, it's, it sounds like complete garbage. Um, and and I will say this. I absolutely love Yamaha gear. I have talked about that over and over and over. Yeah, I love, love Yamaha gear. They do not do pedals, and that's I don't think they've touched making any guitar pedals since the '80s when this thing was current. But <laughs> long story short, um, yeah, whoa. It was, you know, that was my first pedal. And now the first pedal that I got that I love, because even as a kid, I hated that. <laughs> uh, but the first, the first pedal that I got that I really loved was the Metal Zone. And I bought it in 91 or 92, whatever year it was that they came out. I still have it. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, there was a couple, uh, couple other kids in school, you know, guitar players in school that had it before I did. And uh, next thing I know, we were, we're all rock and metal songs, man. You know, gain on 10, then scooped all the way out because we were all diehard Metallica fans and we wanted to sound like Metallica. It's so and, funny because, you know, when you're teenage, <laughs> teenagers, when, you know, I think at that they were still like 80 or 90 bucks even back then. So, you know, it was, it, it, I had to, I remember I had to work for a while to be able to buy that pedal. Jim, what was your first? So, oh, my first pedal, it was, it was a Boss D, uh, yes, one. It was orange. Yeah, the DS one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was that little orange pedal that DS1. everybody has, and and I think because mine was three at a time, eighty <laughs> one. So it was a relatively new pedal at that time. Um, I'm I'm gonna look up when the Boss DS one was introduced. Yeah, it's like seventy nine. I think I would be. You know, I would, you know, this is just as a side note, I've always been curious because I've heard different reports of which pedal is Boss's best selling pedal after the T, after the tuners, the TU2, the TU3. I have been after those. It's, you know, I've heard it's either you, because I've, I've, I've been told it was the Metal Zone. I've been told it's the DS1, it's, and I've been told it was the SD, uh, the SD1. It What's was, that? it was the DS1 for a very long time, but the Metal mm-hmm. Zone eclipsed it in the late 90s. Really? Yes. I can believe that because that's that's about oh, the right time. Um, that's that's yep. going from somebody who works at Boss. I won't mention their name because I'm not sure if they're really supposed to talk about that kind of stuff. But that's yeah, the the uh, Metal Zone is the apparently thought- the leading seller, which is funny because they, they didn't do the Waza one right away. 
Like you would mm. think that that would have been the you know the the key target they had to hit. Uh, okay, so the Waza one. Before we get to that, by the way, it was 1978 when the DS one came. Yeah. Out. So I think I got mine in 80 or 81. So it was a relatively new pedal at that time. Um, but we were going to the we were talking about that Waza thing. Um, I think. So you did you get the Waza metal zone? Me, Robert? Yeah. No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I've, I've got it on my Christmas list. I'm I'm not optimistic though. <laughs> I'm probably you, gonna have to wait till after the first year and buy one. I don't want to throw any names out, but did you reach out to that guy I told you about at Boss? Uh, I haven't had a chance to yet. Yeah, see so. if you can get a hold of him because I'm I'm telling you, he's a he's a good guy. That um, mm. if you can get one loan to you, he'll be able to point point you in the right direction. But anyway, um. So, uh, boss, the, um, the metal zone, the only reason I think that, that I wouldn't put the, the Wazacraft version as like one of the first Wazacrafts I would go after is because it is okay. When, when you talked about when you got it as a teenager and all your friends were playing it, right. It was, you know why that pedal was so great. It's because it does sound like, you know, a bunch of bees trapped in a, in a box you know, held up to your head. You're like, you're like, um, uh, Nick Cage, that movie. I don't, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I have a nostalgia for that pedal. And like, I never owned one. Yeah. And, and the reason is, I think because they're, they're, I'm not saying it's that bad. Um, I'm saying that, that it's partially because of the lo-fi, the relative lo-fi of that pedal that really makes it that good. And the reason is because at that age, you weren't really listening. Probably. I mean, not all of us had the money at that age have a dice set ed phone dice you're, you're still talking the 90s um right uh, when do when was it uh that you were that age early to uh, mid 90s i don't uh, mid 90s i would have been early 90s well when you know when that pedal, I, I was about 14 when i got that pedal and that was uh, i think i got it the year again okay so, and that was what year 91 91 yeah there you go yeah yeah i turned yeah <laughs> <clears throat> yeah so if you think about that time frame you know, we didn't have, um, we have awesome tech now for mm-hmm. even at, even at younger ages, we have awesome tech. My son had some of the most killer stuff and he was born in 2000. And so by the time he was 10, he had nice stuff, you know, where, where I had crap and I'm sure you had relative crap. So you're listening to Metallica, you were listening to it through relatively crappy speakers. Right. And so that, that metal zone, had that lo-fi sound that you kind of dug that you were getting from when you were listening to Metallica or you were listening to ACDC or listening to Judas Priest or Iron Maiden or whoever you were listening to. That was, All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was calling out to you, right? David, did you, right. I mean, I have, I mean, I have a completely different experience with it because um, I was much older when I started playing guitar, I was 16. And um, I went into the store to buy my first distortion pedal because I was playing through a keyboard amp at the time. Yep. And so naturally, like, what am I going to gravitate to? Big-ass distortion sounds. And I wasn't even a metal player, you know? Um, so I started plugging in these different pedals, and um, I plugged in the metal zone, and that was the one I wanted, you know? And um, it was not because of the reason that everybody else wanted them, which is, you know, okay, you scoop the bids. Like, I liked the fact that it had a lot of control to it. Um, and I ended up buying an Ibanez SM7 because it was the most similar pedal made by another manufacturer who was much cheaper. It was $69. And the, that the um, sound, the sound tank. Yeah. Uh, SM seven. So sound tank series. the gray, 
the gray uh, click lock series with the click knobs. So it would have been the series after Sound Tank. The Tone Lock series. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yep. I'm with you. So, um, and I like that pedal. I still yep. got it. I, I, in fact, I, I sold it and I bought another one um, a few years ago because of nostalgia reasons. Um, but it's very clear to me, like the reason why, why people, so the reason why people want the, the, um, the metal zone when they're young is because none of the amps that you can afford will do that sound. Like even I had a friend, he had a crate GFX seven, you know, super high gain solid state amp, turned that fucker all the way up. Still didn't sound like that. And he, he used a Digitech death metal. Like that was, Mm. you know, cause, cause that was the only way you're going to get that. much. (laughs) You know, uh, you had to have a pedal to get that much. Mm. Um, Oh dude, he used a Digitech death metal. He, he boosted the mids and treble on his amp and cut the bass completely. And that was how he EQ'd everything. That the uh the death metal treble all the way to 10. Like that that's the way he did everything. And mm-hmm. and actually to to his credit, the way he played, it didn't sound horrible. Um, but it was one of those things where it had to be that rig, you know, in exactly that way. And anybody else who tried to do that, you know, will tell you that a death metal pedal sounds like ass. Um right. and they basically do. Um and then of course you've got guys now running around saying, "Oh well, the the um, metal zone sounds best through through the effects loop." I I don't necessarily agree. No. Um, if you want to talk mm. about that, I mean, the metal zone is the uh, the next pedal that came out after the HM2. The HM2 was notably used by several bands as a boost, and they were just cranking all the knobs to ten and going to ten. Yeah, death. You know the you know Swedish death metal. They cranked everything to ten mm-hmm. and. You know, I didn't actually, I didn't actually, yeah, entombed. I didn't actually learn about that until I don't know, sometime last five or six years. Whenever, whenever that pedal first started to get popular, yeah. Yeah, so they used that, and, and they actually used the DS one too. So they left and right yeah. the DS one. Yeah, I had uh, actually the pedal that I owned before the Metal Zone was an HM two, and it also sounded like dog shit. And it's what everybody <laughs> says. Yeah, it's it, you know, and uh, granted at the time, you know, I was never, I was never a death metal guy. I never dined every, every knob on it. And, you know, I mean, you know, to me, that's just, I mean, that that's, that's like ultimate torture. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. So <laughs> the closest I have, you know, I, I did do a video on the TC electronic eye master, which is their clone of the HM2. And, also sounds equal. You know, I thought it sounded terrible. Um, you know, there's a lot of death metal guys that got pissed at my pissed at me for that no, video. The that it, that's the death metal sound from that country. I mean, like that is what you sound like if you were going to play their music. You know, uh, if you want to play Entombed, you you kick on the HM2 and you go to town. Um, but I, I, I get it. Like that's a very niche thing, and you'd think that the metal zone would be a similar niche, but it's not because it's got more universal appeal. And that's because it doesn't sound as bad as people think. Right. And for me, no, it doesn't. It's you know, it may have been the first pedal ever to come out with that parametric EQ. Yeah. So yeah. the four band parametric EQ thing. So well, so millions and millions of those things have been sold, right? So those are the, those are the oh, top yeah. because we get back to Jim's point. Those are the top pinnacle of pedal sales, right? Literally millions right. sold. And when you stop hmm. and you take stock of the environment that we live in now. We have all of these boutique pedal manufacturers making 
and I, I say manufacturer loosely because most of them are just builders. It's one guy in a garage, right? Um, or a shed or whatever you would call it. And then you, you've got all these different pedals. How can the market right. be that big? It's not. That's that's what I'm getting at. Like people think that, you know, JHS puts out a new pedal and they're going to sell 5,000 of them. But JHS might. Mm. But I think JHS is probably selling more like 1,000 of them. And everybody else mm. is thinking, it's, oh, there's 10,000 of them in existence. No, because because I just don't see the market sustainability for that. Um, but many, especially to, as many pedals as they have, you know, yeah. they're, you know well, they're manufactured. That's how they cast their net. Manufacturers, yeah. That's how they cast. Yeah, exactly. Their net. So, like, they're you know, they've got eight distortions and exactly right. So for yeah. them, the idea is that we'll put as many pedals as we can out so we can keep our sales up, and we don't really care which one we sell. Because uh, they probably all have the same amount of of profit, and so that's how they that's how they work it. Right. Um, and you can, there are other companies like that too. That too Earthquaker, uh, now Robert Keeley, and maybe they have one pedal. Like each of these companies has one pedal. It's like their bread and butter. But they're none of them are touching the DS one or the right. pedal zone. Like they're not even in in that territory. Right. Um, when you look at no, you're even you're right. Even, you mentioned Keeley, even the four knob compressor. I don't think it. Even anywhere in the same stratosphere, right? As, right, it's popular. You know, that one stuff, so. right? Mm-hmm. So exactly. But I guess what I'm getting at is that when you get a pedal builder and you're like, you're they're they're oh, I, you know, you can demo my stuff, but I'd like to get a thousand sales off of it. Think about how asinine that number is. Holy right. mother! I mean, there there's no there's no way that's that's totally insane. Um, yeah. and if you. Mm-hmm. If you back up, you know, and and you think about that, like most of these guys got day jobs, these pedal builders, you know, oh, black, yeah. black arts, for example, I guarantee you, whoever makes this is probably one guy in a shed. I don't know offhand and I'm not trying to insult anybody, but if it's one guy in a shed, he's an HVAC guy during the day or, you know, something else. And this is his hobby and that's mm-hmm. fine, but let's, let's be realistic here. If you're going to promote your brand, you got to give a little to get a little. And, um, you'll never, I, I mean, I, I, at this point, I don't think any boutique builder has the hopes of being a boss or a Digitech, which even Digitech is going the way the dinosaur now, a boss mm-hmm. or, um, any of those other major, an MXR, for example. Um, my, we go back to the first pedal for a minute. So we talked about the Ibanez SM7. Um, the one that I got that everybody was like telling me was like really good. And, um, I bought it and, just was like what the fuck i just don't get this at all was the um i had the yjm 308 which was the ingve version of the dod 250 yep and it was like turn it to 10 turn it to 10 that's how it works there's the most god-awful treble noise you'd ever heard in your life <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I, I can't even thanks Ingve. Yeah, I, I don't so i played 250 since then and the mm. thing is it's not a 250 mm. I, I don't know what chip they were using in there. I modded mine. I opened mine up. I was taking shit out. And like, cause I was like, this is ridiculous. Cut, cut resistors. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Cause I sold it and I had to put everything back. Before oh. I sold it. But, um, I eventually got to sound pretty decent, but it was one of the, it, it's just one of those pedals that, you know, it's like, Oh, this is the way you're supposed to use it. And it, you know, the HM2, like all the, the Swedish guys are like, Oh yeah, just turn it all up. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> not for me. No. <laughs> so, 
Um, I loved your your fuzz face video, by the way. I, I have to I have to say it. It it, it made me or the uh, the uh, fuzz factory. Uh, I was crying. Fuzz factory. Yeah, I was crying. Because <laughs> if anybody buys that pedal, actually expecting it not to do the things you're doing in that video, they're buying the wrong <laughs> fucking pedal. <laughs> That, that I literally it. cannot make it not squeal. He's like turning the gate knob up, like this is gonna stop it. This is gonna stop it. It's higher pitch, you know. It's like that was hilarious. I gotta say that. Well, the best part, you know, was when I was picking up, I don't know, election coverage from Omaha or whatever oh, yeah. it was. I mean, I, no, no joke. When I owned one, I would get I would get WG and radio, and I, I'm a Cubs fan, so. Like if I was sitting around like working on a guitar or something, I'd kick the the fuzz factory on and listen to the radio through my amp. Right. Oh my god! <laughs> fuzz. <laughs> Not even kidding. Do you, you guys follow the same rock guitarist? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> he did a video recently with some, you know, some bizarre pedals, and he was yep. demoing something that had some, you know, that, that had some real bad radio interference. And that's he said that's where I actually that's what he said. He said this thing does pick up some bad radio interference. I was uh, listening. I was listening to election coverage in Omaha. I live in Canada. He's a giant fuck transformer in there. <laughs> yeah. So, I, but, yeah. If, if I, I, check out his channel. They should. Oh, it's, so, it's so good. It's so good. And we've all had that moment on stage too, where you plug in a cable or something and all of a sudden, like, you're the local DJ and you're like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah! I usually try to like hold the cable so I can hear them. I'm, like, I'm yeah. the only person that's like, "All right, what are they doing?" Yep, <laughs> it's chance music. Yep. It, that's why people. I, I had that happen. I had a bad cable at a gig. Uh, it was one of my mm. first gigs, and uh, the guy that was running sound comes up to me and goes, "He goes, oh yeah." He's like, "I can hear radio in the in the cans from your car," and and I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, that's part of this part of the show." And he he looked at me like I was nuts, and I'm like, "Yes, yeah, chance music." I'm like, I'll just turn the volume knob up. It'll come to the speakers and like whatever's playing, it'll be like part of the part of the show. He's like, you're not serious, are you? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Right. (laughs) 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 I'll tell you why I did. I'll tell you why I did that video. You know, I don't know what it was, eight, nine months ago, whatever it was, I did that, that horse pedals video. You know, the fuzz factory, of course, was in it. Right. People got pissed. And there was all kinds of people. Oh, yeah. All a lot of people with this, and you know, areas plus factor shouldn't be in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, so you know, this you know, this pedal shouldn't be on this list. So, basically, I was really, um, why don't I show you why it is? <laughs> and that was why I why I did that video. So, um, you know, and obviously, it was partially it was meant as a joke, and partially meant, you know, you know, just a yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, meant to get a few laughs. Yeah, and, 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 and it's very successful. I, that no one takes it seriously. They're not looking at it and going, "Oh, Robert really, you know, really hates this thing." Like we're looking at, it and we're laughing because, like, you're just pointing out the fact that it, it, if you just like breathe on the knobs, you know, it's gonna it's gonna wig out. And on the con, on the contrary, I had uh, I reached out to, and I'm not going to name any names or brands or anything, but I reached out to. Another company, uh, you know, uh, to see, you know, basically say, you know, if I would, you know, love the chance to demo one of your products on my channel. And uh, their response back to me was, 
uh, well, after seeing your video on the fuss factory, I don't think that we're, that, uh, you're going to be a good fit for us. So, really, uh, we, yeah, we will polite, we will respectfully demand. Jim knows about this. I told him about this. But, yeah. Um, that's so, the one so, I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, so I, <laughs> All right. You know, so apparently a few people did take it seriously, maybe a little more so than um, possible. But uh, I don't well, know, part of me is kind of thinking about buying one of his pedals, you know, with, out of my own, with my own money. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. So um, this is a little known fact about the fuss face. You may not know this. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, the fuss face is. Now, I have not personally looked at the circuit, but the fuss face was Originally a zoom pedal. Oh, there's a zoom, a very rare zoom fuzz called the zoom ultra fuzz. Um, you can get them. They're about 150 bucks on reverb or whatever. Um, and it's basically, it's a, it's a six knob, you know, it's the same amount of knobs. I think it actually has one additional knob and it has all the same functions as the fuzz factory, but it's a little bit more tame because I think they're, they were using a you know different transistors or whatever. Mm. It's the same idea. You control every resistor in a fuzz face circuit. Right. And uh, I just think it's really interesting that people give ZVEX all this credit for this design, and Zachary Vex didn't necessarily come up with it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now it's a it's a little known box, so maybe people don't realize this. But um, I've had my run-ins with Zachary Vex. If anybody wants to know about it, you can ask me in the group. I'll tell you what happened. Um, mm. I actually sold my my fuzz fa- or my fuzz factory from him after I had a kind of poor interaction. Uh, it was not a so I always have a slot on my board for what they call a noise fuzz, something that just um, makes insane amounts of noise. And something stupid, shit. right? So that would have been yeah. perfect, right? Um, <laughs> and, and and no, but that's what I bought it for, you know. Right. Um, so I, there are two, <clears throat> two gripes I have about the pedal. Number one, it needs a tone control. And number two, because it because it just puts out so much fucking trouble, it's unbelievable. And then right. number two, it uh, it's the, the the knobs are so sensitive. Like if you look at them the wrong way, you're gonna be squealing, and you're gonna mm. be oscillating, and you're gonna get radio noise and all kinds of happy horse shit going on. Um, yep. So for me, uh, I I replaced it actually with an octave fuzz, and then when I got an altercation with him on on his Facebook page, I said, you know what, I ain't buying shit from you anymore. Uh, you're kind of a tool so whatever mm-hmm. um now maybe he's a great guy i think he's a lunatic frankly and i think uh his behavior towards artists mm. that i've heard about and things like that is pretty absurd but never mind that um so you did that one um i know you've done it you've done some of the panama amps videos those are great too by the way uh and while you're here in the chair i was going to ask you mm-hmm. so um are you doing are you doing any more work with panama mm-hmm. or uh, I, not at the moment. And, uh, you know, there, I've still got a great relationship with them as far as I know. Um, the, unfortunately, the, and I, I, I want to be a little bit vague about this because I don't know how, you know, the, the owner of the company is, uh, going through some tough times and some health issues and stuff like that. And I, I communicated I primarily that. directly with him. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Steve Beckins, he's a great guy, but you know, that's, he's obviously focusing on that at the moment. And, um, you know, that he's got other people running the company, but 
you know, they don't want to make any, uh, I, the way that I, that it seems to be anyway, is they don't want to go making any decisions that they shouldn't be making without him. Right. Uh, he's, 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 and I've reached out to him a few times, just to check on him and see how, you know, you know, how you doing, how you feeling, um, that kind of stuff, but, uh, haven't got a response back. So I'm, uh, I'm wondering you know, if I at should the moment there, there's a, there's a Panama, um, sure. Uh, shaman 20 watt hmm? at my guitar center right now down at 300 bucks. That's there's there's six there's six ninety nine new. That's a pretty good price. Yeah, yeah I, so. I mean, I see one here on uh, Reverb used for five fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, three hundred. I honestly, I'd jump on it. You know, yep. that's that's at least worth, Jim. It's at least worth the drive down there to plug it and check it out. Yeah. So, um, I like my I like my shaman. So is it is know. it uh is that like a Marshall type amp or is it more? Uh, more I don't know. I just what what would you liken it to? Like fifty one fifty esque or? God, you know, people ask me that all the time. You know, what do you compare them to? And you know, I don't. I mean, functionality wise, it's probably closer to like a like you know like a like a mini rectifier. Okay. You know, okay. it's it's got it's got well you know functionality wise you know wow. it's got it's got two ch- it's got two channels and you know each channel's got two voicings on it and they're hand built they're hand built Jim. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, you know, they're, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's got been, clean all the way up to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's got clean all the way up to flamethrower distortion. I'm, honestly, even I, I don't, the full, you know, the, the high, absolute, uh, absolute high gain setting, even I don't use that. The three is about as far as third setting is about as far as I go. But um, I'm going to buy it right it, now so Jim can't go get it and yeah. have it shipped to me. Yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> the, you know, so functionality. <laughs> You know, if I if I were going to describe the way it fun, if I were going to describe the way it functions, I'd probably put it cl- kind of like a mini rectifier. Is what it sounds like. On the other hand, I mean, it's 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 a it's definitely a modern high gain. You know, I mean, it gets really clean too, but it's you know, and, and well, you what's get amazing blues to me, crunch and what's so. amazing to me is they I, I've seen some gut shots on. Them. They're not super complex amps inside. They're very simple. Nah. And nah. I've well, yeah, but but if you understand like amp design, like you look at a fifty one fifty and you look at the boards in there. Holy mother of God, you know, yep. and then you see these other amps that are able to do the same things. That's one of the complaints that a lot of people have about high gain amps. If you, if you, you know, kind of trolled around the internet and stuff is it look, if it's, if it's a board built amp, it's going to be more reliable for high gain because even the positions of the tubes make an impact and how much noise is produced by the amp. And so those mm-hmm. things become like very critical, but then you got guys like Panama who are building these hand built amps that sound great. Right. Yeah. So I'm looking at it, and of course it's weird because of the the weird, uh, you know, symbols that they use instead of yeah. writing treble. Um, so obviously you got your input and fo- uh, foot switch. Is it like you've got a clean and a dirty side, or have you got a clean and cleaner side and a dirty and dirtier side, or because it looks like um, like if, my uh, uh, my mar- uh, my uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, if you're looking like, at the if you're looking at the front panel. The, yep. you know, you see those two little mini switches, mini toggle switches on the left, right next to the inputs. Yeah. That's your voicing switches. So the top row of knobs are, you know, that's essentially channel one. Yeah. And the, the switch all the way, you know, the switch in the up position is your clean channel. But, you know, you can, you know, you can push the gain on it and get some, you know, get some breakup out of it um, with the gain all the way up. You know, if you flip the switch down, that puts it into what they call, you know, that's the crunch voicing. 
um, uh, crunch voicing or no pushed. They call it pushed voicing. So more of, you know, more of that, uh, uh, you know, more gain yet. And then again, the second channel is, you know, two different versions of high gain distortion. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, like I said, when you get on the, on the second channel and the, you know, the high gain voicing, the highest gain voicing, uh, it gets, I mean, it, it gets pretty, pretty heavy. <laughs> um, it doesn't have a ton of low end to it, at least not through the cabinets that I played it through, yep. but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool, but it's, you know, it's a lot of gain, which equates to, to a lot of noise. You know, I don't, I haven't thrown a noise suppressor or anything in there, which I'm sure would fix it, but you know, even I don't have a use. I <laughs> don't really need to play that much gain all the time. So now what's the, uh, uh, what's but, the yeah, I, there's two switches on the right. Uh, uh, there's three switches actually. Yeah. The, yeah. The one on the, you got the two right here and then you got the one, you know, the, the one in the middle kind of off the side. That's yeah. just, that's just your, that's your channel selector. If you don't have the foot switch plugged in. That's all oh, that is. Okay. The other two switches, on the other hand, are your uh, power soaks. So you can, and it's got Roman numerals on it. So you can actually switch switch either channel, switch the channel down independently to ten watts instead of twenty. So, so it is kind of like my Lone Star was like. It's got it, it is like that. It, mm-hmm. It's got um, my Lone Star has uh, uh, like a a five um, five ten and fifteen watt settings. Or five, five yeah, fifteen hundred probably. No, five ten fifteen. It's a no five. Yep. I'm sorry, five ten thirty. Five ten thirty. It's a Lone Star thirty. It's the Lone Star. Be right special. back, guys. Okay. Yeah. Be right back, fellas. All right. Okay. There's a gut shot of the, the two at the top. Top one is the rectifier. The bottom one is uh, is a Shaman, Shaman. twenty. You're right. Wow. Yeah. CB boards are the same. Yeah. So I'm looking at it. It's the same. All they're doing is they're obviously one was made um, a lot prettier. Yeah. <laughs> Guess which one. Listeners? The Mesa is the one that looks like it was made in a, a fucking military factory. Right. Where the other one looks like it was made in somebody's garage. But, yeah, but dude, if they're the same, like. That is. All right. Sorry about that, guys. So that's it's pretty much a rectiverb. Yeah. Wait, Jim and I. Yeah, I know you walked away from it. Uh, yeah. So I, we, as we we're talking, I looked up uh, gut shots for right on uh, Google Image Search, and I click on it, and then it takes me to a gear page article where they're showing gut shots of it versus the Mesa rectiverb. They're identical. There's probably some component changes, but the layout of the board and everything is almost the same. Where they put the caps, really? where they put the resistors, yeah. where they put yeah, everything. Here, let me. Sh- I'll share it out to you guys, so you guys can see it. Um, uh, hang on, share. Yeah, you can put it up on the screen, right? Um, advanced sharing options. Wait a minute. Share my desktop too. There we go. There so it is. The, the, my mouse is on top of this. Is the uh, that's the rectifier, and you can see this is the Panama music. I mean, that's wow. pretty crazy. Is how close they look. Even the even the um, yeah. relays are in the same position. I would yep. buy this for for three hundred bucks. Yeah. Yep. Because this is not this is not a junk board layout. You can see that there's jumpers here, 
but they're on a daughter board. So it's like, it's decently made. The Mesa is clearly made better. I mean, but it should be for, for the 1200 bucks they get for them or the 1350 they get for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. I will tell you with, you know, with the Panama, they, they have, they do, they ship them with, uh, you know, inexpensive tubes in them. So yeah, sure. Um, you know, and they, you know, like I, you know, all of mine, they came with Ruby tubes in them. For the most part, they've all been okay. You know, I made the, I'm not, I'm certainly not an amp tech, but I made the mistake of going and swapping, you know, tubes out in the, <laughs> in the, in my Shaman 20 on my own. That has proved to be, uh, a, you know, cause a lot more headaches than it solved. But, yeah, um, well, it's just cool to think that, that like, it really is a, a very similar. Amp. Um, you can tell that in the, in the photographs I was just showing you guys, um, one of the amps has all electrolytic resistors, you know, mostly throughout the circuit, which they're actually higher tolerance parts for mm-hmm. what they're, for what they're doing. So, right. I, I mean, not electrolytic resistors. They're, they're whatever the blue resistors are. And I know those are supposed to be higher, higher tolerant. So, um, yeah, cause I was looking at buying a rectiverb, uh, <sighs> and, uh, that would save me about $800. Uh, yeah. So cool. Um, did we have any other topics we wanted to talk about, Jim? Yeah, I thought so. I will say, yeah, just because I don't know how much time we've got, but however much uh, we want to spend. Yeah, (laughs) we don't, we don't clocks. Who need clocks? Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. we started at what? We started at 8 p.m. my time. It's 9 15 now. Yeah. Yeah, Um, we didn't actually start right on time, but yeah. I will, you know, there's one other, regarding YouTube's algorithm thing, there is one other, one other thing that I have, uh, that I, that I've noticed that I didn't get a chance to talk about yet. And, um, you know, I'm told that they're, they're, you know, based on, I mentioned Daryl Eves earlier, you know, one of the things that he was talking about in one of his videos was, you know, if there's something in there in a video or a thumbnail or something like that, that YouTube doesn't like, you know, and deems racy. Uh, is a term that they use that he used or that they use actually mm-hmm. now, they will that is grounds for YouTube to put their thumb down on that channel and you know so the video that actually I had that went up yesterday you know Jim you said you saw the original went up you know six months yeah. or so ago whatever it was yeah. um, you know and obviously there was one guitar that I featured in the original video that uh, uh, resembled a uh, a, a piece of <laughs> I was going to say a specific male body part, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all know what guitar it was, but the wing um, caster, the yeah. wing caster, it yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, so I took, but you know, so I I, t- I edited out that section and put it back up to see if that was what was, you know, might be what's suppressing my you know my the growth of my channel here lately. I don't know, but I, honestly, you know. I think it's because okay, so the YouTube wants not just consistent content, content a lot. So you'll see these, these um, content providers that are pushing out more and more videos. I mean, Anderson's got daily video. Yeah, um, I know. At least one, sometimes two a day. And they have more than one channel. They also have their drum channel, their keyboard channel, stuff like that. Yeah. Add that to, um, uh, they want, um, they want, like you were talking about time. Um, and here's the thing. So in the beginning, you know, um, for those, a little history lesson in the beginning advertisers just said, YouTube, just throw money at, at people. If they're getting a lot of views, let them do it. And then 
Um, of course, you had the guy, uh, um, the the what the heck was his name that, that had like ten million uh, subs- subscribers. Um, the the gaming guy who was kind of silly he's from Sweden or whatever. Anyway, um, PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Oh, PewDiePie. So is out there. And he's <laughs> like, yeah. And then he did some dumb stuff. He was like, yeah, I'm going to pay a guy to go put a swastika on a... Um, he know, used a, the N-word on a, on a live feed, too. He used the N-word on a live feed. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy is, you know... He ain't we're all, all there. Sitting here, yeah, we're, we're all sitting here judging a young kid who grew up, you know, he was he's a multimillionaire um, for doing what? For sitting in his, in his house playing video games. And now we're, now we're, like, surprised that he's not really very, you know socially adept i don't know why that surprised people (laughs) but anyway um so now um the uh the content or the the advertisers like whoa whoa we don't want you know tide pods on a on a video about how people are eating tide pods we don't want um you know we don't want um uh you know dishwasher soap on a, a, a thing where somebody might say the n-word so, whoa, back it off. So now all of a sudden, um, like you said, YouTube um, came up with this very intelligent algorithm that came across, but they went a little too far. And and so, um, and, and the, the advertisers weren't really smart about the thing, but the, the, the thing is this, if, if a channel gets advertisers, who are they going to want? Um, I had to author it on my phone because I'm getting ready to work. Um, anyway. So um, the the advertisers are going to, of course, want. Ah, uh, there's a puppy. Um, yep, yep. She wanted to come in and say hi. So <laughs> we we have lots of animals on the show. Actually, yes. Jim, and I, Jim and I, Jim's dog occasionally, my yep. cats. Mm-hmm. It's not yep. anything new. <laughs> it's not new. He really yep. is a co-host now. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You're part, of the, part of the group. Yeah, so, yeah. This um uh this uh. Um, algorithm is set up to make it so that you're, you're still throwing YouTube wants to make money. So they want to take the money content and put that forward. So the Patreon people are over there going, Hey, wait a minute, we're over here too, but let's, let's face it. Let's, and let's. Oh, there you go, Jim. I, I must've muted you. He muted Oops. me. <laughs> I um, didn't like hearing Jim anymore. So I said, he didn't, wanna, he didn't want to hear me going. So it's the, um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm terribly sorry, Jim. I, no, it's I, okay. I didn't even know where I was. I, I did that on my live video, and I forgot where I was, and I forgot to mention what I was doing. But anyway, so because um, I do have one more thing I want to talk about. But anyway, so it, it, when they do that, and they and they say, okay, we want to put all this this advertised stuff, and people are sitting there going, hey, I'm I'm a Patreon person, but I've all, I've been with YouTube for so long, and I got all these listeners. YouTube doesn't care. Because they're not making yeah. money on those people unless they're throwing advertised stuff on them. So I can see Glenn Fricker's channel getting pushed aside. I used to see Glenn Fricker stuff come up all the time. And I'm a subscriber. I don't see yeah. it popping up. Yeah, I've I don't either it, anymore. I don't even subscribe to popping up. Yeah. And you know why? Because they're like, yeah, we're acting like a free hosting for you, but you're not you're not doing anything for us anymore. Yeah. If you're not, it, if you're not monetized with commercials, they're not going to show your ass in the search listings. anymore. They don't give yeah. a rat's ass about you. If you're not monetized, why should they show you to, even to your subscribers? I've got the bell on 
for companies I don't even see anymore. I haven't watched that pedal show in months and I'm still getting that pedal show videos and I don't, I'm not even a subscriber anymore. Yeah, um, Jim, Jim hates everybody on, on YouTube. If you didn't no, know. Don't. Yeah. You do. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. I, when I, I don't hate that. that first, when I posted the first Buzzback video, you called me up and you were like, you fucking piece of shit. I, I can't did. believe you went over to the dark side and started making YouTube videos. You <laughs> <I did. laughs> Listen, he, he told me he was gonna fire me. Holy shit! I did not say that. No, you didn't. This is I, it's still this funny. Is hashtag, sarc- like it. This is hashtag sarcasm, folks. But yeah, so I mean, I'm like shit. You know, the the the, the um, problem I'm seeing with this is. That honestly, I can see, I can see a new like Patreon creating. You know, YouTube is huge. I mean, let's face it; they are Google. Google owns them, so it is going to be hard for people to um, get uh, seen more. And they're going to have to come up with a new channel. And it's going to be like when you moved off of what was that? What was that thing before Facebook, um, MySpace? I think right now social media is so pervasive. Because because YouTube is a social media thing, right? I think because this stuff is so pervasive right now, we can't separate the content from the platform, and ah, see, that's, yeah, a, that's big a problem. problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that ultimately we will have to separate the content from the platform, right? We have to. Well, we moved from MySpace, but see, MySpace never had the kind right. of money that Facebook and YouTube have. Never had that kind of money. I mean, I got at work. I'm mm-hmm. using Vimeo. We bought we bought a Vimeo account. Um, it's not cheap. It's not something I would suggest somebody like Robert was going to go do. But if you're going to sell your content, because I could definitely see like a Glenn Fricker doing a, a series on how to mix. He could go over there, and he right. could and he can sell it through their you know all inbuilt stuff, and not even have to worry about Patreon. And nope. Vimeo is fine. Like they, uh, I, I actually, my, my perspective of their product, their uploads are like 20 times faster than YouTube. I wait for three or four hours for a video to upload to YouTube sometimes. Ugh. And at Vimeo, it's like 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. So, yeah, mine, mine usually, mine usually take about an hour, hour. And it so, is that's not- after, that's just uploading. And yeah. think about this for a minute. Everybody has seen it um, and everybody's complained about it. When you upload musical content to YouTube, unless you have a certain level of YouTube um, content provider, it is shit. It's compressed. Yeah. It's it. You can you could only upload the same piece of video. I heard uh, uh, Wampler talk about this. He could upload the same thing three or four times, and in those three or four times, he would get um, three or four out outcomes. Of how the, the audio was of his content. Right, right. It's, I mean, really? Yeah, yeah, there's that. And of course, now that, now, and I'm sure you've probably experienced some of this or at least seen it, uh, that they, they limit your features, like what you can do. Yeah. And it's just that, that I'm, in my opinion, that's a disservice to YouTube itself because those features are available to drive people to content, which yep. is what YouTube should be aiming to achieve. If they're mm-hmm. going to do it, what they should do is say, okay, so if you're monetized, <laughs> then you can have this. If you're not monetized, then you really should have a certain number of subscribers before we're going to allow you to have this. Like, I get that, right. but that's yep. not how some of these features are set up. Oh, oh man. It's, it's, they, 
I had to, well, they, you know, my Teespring shop is finally showing up on my channel, you know, yeah. though it does, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen that or not, but, um, I, it's probably good has done me so far, but regardless, I mean, I, it, I couldn't get that on there until I hit 10,000 subscribers. Yeah. And it we was can't a, get a custom URL until a thousand. Nope. Yeah. 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 It took me a while to get that. Well, that's uh, the well, thing. I own a domain name. Let me point my fucking domain name at it. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. It's ridiculous. My boggling. Yep. In the beginning, they didn't have this. They started that. That's a that's a new thing. But then again, we yeah. all have to remember that YouTube is free. It's a service. And right. You're getting a free service. You're getting free. You know, it's just like me with this shaman. What am I supposed to expect? Well, then let me pay. Let me. I'm just kidding. Let me pay money. I, I'd be fine with I. Okay, so like, exactly. You unlock these features. Show us you're serious. Pay us some money. I'm fine with that model. Mm -hmm. Like we do with Podbean. We right. say, hey, Podbean, we want it to be HD. We want it to be everywhere. Put us everywhere, and we never want you to delete any content. Okay, pay us X number of dollars a month. All right, I'll do that because right. then I, I could. I, I would be. I think YouTube would make a killing. The problem that we've got is. <clears throat> that they think that their business model, because it started for free, it has continued for free. No, tell people, you know what? You've got an upload limit of this. They should have a free tier, but yeah, I mean. Right, right, that's what I'm saying. You have an upload limit of X number of videos, and then if you if you fall off that, they're going to rotate out. Um, you've got, you've got um, whether, whether they do it that way or they say, you know what? You can't have HD. They should pay us 2 or $3 a month. I pay YouTube as it is, $15. Here's, here's the weird thing. So I paid YouTube, I don't know if it's $12 a month, but I, I have a, a family account with YouTube. So I get YouTube music and right, I get all, right, right, right. but I'm ad free. No one, because here's the other thing about YouTube. They do not tell you, you they have no real customer service. You can't get a hold of them and say, hey, nope. no problem. Well, of course, because you're not paying. Mm -mm. So so it doesn't matter if you have- You can't even send an- Can't even send an email. You, you, you can't even send an email. You got, you know, you you go to this- spot on their site you know and they say does your you know did, what do you need to what do you need help with you know and then it gives you like five different categories you wouldn't even let you put in a ticket <laughs> i mean it's even then even then it, it's yeah it, I, i've heard the horror stories of how nothing I've ever dealt did. with their customer service before and i'm not talking about youtube i'm talking about google and i'll tell you i had i, I used to be a computer consultant and we had clients using their uh, their free uh business application and then and then and then upgrading and paying and still not getting it customer support. Yep. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like, well, yeah, you, right. Jimmy, I'm paying you for some for, for service, and you, they you had can't a, answer a phone. They had our right. company in the wrong place on a map, so that when people would Google Maps and try to find us, they would not wind a up unique situation. Not, not a unique situation. Because that's where the company started, but yep. they had moved. They bought a bigger facility and moved. YouTube zero right. help. I had I mean, a YouTube, sorry, Google zero help. I had a client. This is my last. This is my last consulting yeah, story for the night. Same deal. I had a client that that they uh, their office was in an old country club building, right? So Google Maps on a map put their office in the middle of a fucking field, <laughs> in the middle of a golf. I believe field. it. I believe it. <laughs> so anybody who wanted to come visit the office. We literally drive around this giant fuck field. <laughs> Just drive around it. You drive around it multiple times. Like, where the fuck's the building? Like, I don't understand. 
And then you finally get there and you pull up and you realize, oh, it's a it's a a clubhouse. And you're like, what the hell are you thinking? Like, and then you go in and I I asked them, I was like, you realize Google Maps sends you to like the middle of the field? And they're like, Well, yeah, but we don't know how to change it. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, I understand your pain because I've seen other companies go through the same shit. I mean, it's not anything new. <laughs> yep. So so getting back to that. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. So I pay them, right? So here's, here's why I got to that customer service thing. I've asked a few people. I said, okay, so when I do this, because I pay for it per month, so I don't get any ads. So how does the revenue work? Because I can watch one or a mm-hmm. million videos. You are the revenue. How does that money get funneled to the right people? Because how, how are they giving you? I watch your videos every time. How, I how do think they count for monetization? That's just it. If a paid person doesn't count towards monetization, it makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. And again, because I pay and I don't get ads, why are you throwing me videos that are based on your ad revenue? Because you don't have any intelligence built into your, your stuff to say, hey, wait a minute, this guy is paying for ads. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I throw a Nicki Minaj video at him. He's not going to watch it and he doesn't pay for ads. And then they have this thing where it says, um, I don't know if you've ever done this. Like it'll say in a video, um, I'm not interested in this. You can click the little, the little um, dots and you can say, I'm not. And then it says, tell us why. I go, I've watched this before. Then when I refresh it, what's it do? It suggests it again. Yep. <laughs> How fucking stupid are you? How many times do I have to tell you I am not going to watch the latest fucking Katy Perry video. I don't care. It's because, you know what it is, Jim? You're you're tricking their algorithm, though. You're listening to that work, work, work song all the time on YouTube, and that is, that is (laughs) Katy Perry, and like, you know, Nicki Minaj, and and That's Rihanna. That's Rihanna, or Rihanna, or whatever her name is. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying, they're putting them all together, so that's why you keep getting that shit over and over. There is, I... But there, I don't know, there is something, because I can go into my analytics page, and it'll break it down, you know, how much ad revenue I earned from regular ad revenue and how much I earned from YouTube red. Yeah. And it's, it's, so. it's like, but it's so there, yeah, he's right. You do get paid for that. But the thing is, it's like such a fraction of an amount you get more for people. Oh, yeah. Ads. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. It's uh it's, you know, it's always way, you know, it's a fraction of what, what the ad revenue is. So I also know that you get, you get more money this time of year per ad than you do other times of year, correct? Uh, uh, ask me next month because last year, let's see, it was October, I think. That was October or November, uh, late October, that uh, my first video blew up. That was the uh, one of the Gibson videos that I had to take down. I didn't have to, but I decided <laughs> to because I thought it was the best of a good thing to do. Um, but uh it was uh you know those you know those blew up and you know if that i i i burned my first youtube paycheck for uh in i guess it would have been november and it you know was pretty steady ever since so uh i mean i've i've made money every month since then because they won't pay out unless you make at least 100 yeah right right so i've got a i've got to wait about 10 years for that <laughs> well, it's a you know you have one that takes off, and that's really all it takes. Yeah. I had you know prior you know because I 
scratched and clawed for two years prior to that and hadn't made a hundred bucks revenue total. Yeah. And that time I was monetized, but you know, they, you know, now they, you know, cause they would still let you monetize for, you know, with less than a thousand subscribers back then. I'm going to do a um, video so, where all I do is say the word wiener. <laughs> wiener, wiener, wiener. Or you could do, you, or you could do, do what Ole England did. He did, uh, you know, every single he, he for like like two months. Every single video that he put up, you know, he had he had breasts in the title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to see if it would attract. I remember more that. Viewers. I remember that. So you want to talk about somebody that's got some balls when it comes to that, Stevie T? Oh my David, God, that David video that he posted the other day. <laughs> he's so like, he, he can get away with it because he's Canadian. Like if we did that in the states, the feminists would <laughs> crucify us for doing. Oh, yeah. that. It, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> oh, you gotta watch it. You gotta, you gotta watch it after this. Yeah, well, I, it's, it's bad. Um, yeah, I I, I, I saw the I saw the thumbnail. Yeah. Of, I I saw the thumbnail of it the you know yesterday or today, and I was. Ooh, you know, and, you know, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, <laughs> that thing's got to be drawn just a gazillion views for that guy. Oh, it's it's funny. <laughs> the comments are better than the video. I, it's unbelievable. But anyway, <laughs> we'll check it out after the show. Um, I think we're I think we're yep. at the end of our hour and a half here. Yeah. So I have been David. I've been Jim. I've been Robert. And tonight we have been the Practical Guitarists, as it were.